Hi, this is Cheryl with Paranormal Underground Radio, and I'd like to tell you how you can find your own online counselor through BetterHelp.com. E-counseling is an effective, convenient, and affordable way to get help with issues like stress, anxiety, depression, relationships, career issues, self-esteem, addictions, and many other life changes. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals, and BetterHelp allows you to connect with them in a safe and private online or mobile environment. Anything you share is strictly confidential. Plus, it's affordable. Getting started is free, so you can feel confident that BetterHelp's service and the therapists they match you with are right for you. Then just pay a low flat fee for unlimited sessions with your counselor. It's convenient because you can do it on your own time and at your own pace. Communicate with your therapist as often as you want, whenever you want. BetterHelp is available at your time and your place. To start your free week-long subscription for as much contact as you need, just complete the questionnaire and enter your credit card details at betterhelp.com forward slash paranormal. It's safe and secure. And if you don't need help beyond the first week, just cancel your subscription with a click of a button. If you find value, do nothing and automatically extend your subscription. Pricing varies between $180 to $280 per month for unlimited access. That's about the cost of a single in-person session with a similarly qualified in-person therapist. Give it a try today at betterhelp.com forward slash paranormal. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. I am your host, Cheryl Knight, and today we'll be talking with paranormal enthusiast, blogger, and podcaster, Crystal Vermis. Crystal is a professional writer, blogger, and podcaster with a background in online and print journalism. Her passions include everything tech, sports, and the paranormal. And when she isn't freelance reporting, she's running her paranormal blog, GetSpooked.net, and podcasts All Day Paranormal. Crystal is a graduate of Suffolk University and holds a bachelor's degree in print journalism. And I am happy to say Crystal is also a Paranormal Underground Magazine monthly contributor, as well as a correspondent for Paranormal Underground Radio. And if you're a regular listener, you've heard her news section, which is always entertaining. So welcome, Crystal. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure, thanks for joining us. And um, you have a lot going on paranormal-wise. You have your your blog and your podcast, plus a YouTube podcast. And so we'll talk about that. You also wrote a recent article for Paranormal Underground magazine that we'll be talking about. It's actually going to be published in our April issue. I just thought it would be fun to talk about here on the podcast. So the article is titled, Where Do the Politically Powerful Choose to Rest in Peace? And he covers six locations where their political buildings ranging from, of course, the US to Egypt, to the UK, to India, to France, and the, these are really interesting locations, and some I had never heard about. So yeah, me neither. Actually, <laughs> yeah. <they're, laughs> hey, I learned something new, and I always like learning new things, especially involving the paranormal. But before we get to that list that we're going to talk about, can you tell 
us a little bit about what led you to starting your own paranormal blog and podcast? I mean, was it based on your personal experiences or just a general interest in in that topic? Yeah, sure. So um, I've always been interested in the paranormal since I was a little kid. And it goes back to uh, the old days when there were shows like Unsolved Mysteries on TV. <laughs> and that, you know, oh, yeah. they would do like weird mysteries and, and stuff about legends and ghosts. And I always found those segments in particular the most interesting. Mm-hmm. This was back in the day when they didn't have shows like Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters and I feel like there's so much out there today in terms of content that you can watch. Oh, yeah. Back in the day, I had to really seek out that that paranormal TV show or those books. And I carried that with me for a long time. And it just so happens that over time, you know, it seems like the rest of the world got really interested in the paranormal, too. So you saw all these TV shows start coming out. It was a lot easier to access this type of content. And, you know, there was just so much to talk about. I feel like... All these investigators that you see today are bringing to the table new evidence, new equipment, things we've never seen before in terms of the paranormal. And I had a lot to say about it. I actually really liked doing radio back in college. And um, I just thought, why not combine the two? You know, why not start that podcast? And I've always been a writer. And why not? Why not write about it? You know, so Mm -hmm. I, I. I kind of did it as just a side project and a hobby. And uh, my husband, who I can't say he has (laughs) as much of a, you know, long time passion for the paranormal as I do. But my uh, my husband, Manny Vega, Mm -hmm. is my co-host on the podcast. uh, And he I just asked him one day, hey, do you want to do this with me? Is this something you're interested in? And he's like, could be fun could be fun (laughs) now it's become a cornerstone of our marriage you know like who knew and uh we are about um i think we're at 69 episodes on the youtube show um and we just do that every week it's 10 minute segments it's called all day paranormal after dark and it's based on our podcast all day paranormal which comes out every week on mondays and we kind of we talk about everything we talk about what's new in paranormal TV, we talk about what's new in paranormal news, you know, those new discoveries that investigators seem to be making, like, every day, and we're just, we just be ourselves, you know, we have a good conversation, and um, seems like people like us. (laughs) You got, I just have to interrupt and say, I'm very grateful you and Manny let us replay part of your new segments on our show as correspondent pieces, because you guys have a good, well, obviously you have a good chemistry, you're married, but You guys play (laughs) off each other really well. You know, he's more of the skeptic. You're more of the believer. And you guys have good insights from those different perspectives. I I, I love it. Yeah, he's he's definitely the skeptic. But he's, you know, he's good. He's good about it. He's he's Mm open-minded. I I think he he plays the role of of the everyday person, like the, mm-hmm. the normal person who might just be seeing ghost adventures for the first time on TV or something. Right. So he's going to come with your point of view probably for the first timers. And mm-hmm. I think that makes it really relatable. So I'm, I'm glad he, you know, took me up on my crazy idea and here we are. Now, yeah. Um, now I look at you. <laughs> years later, more than two years later in podcasting. So, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That's so, strong. that is, I, I love hearing stories like that. Chad and I kind of started the same way with a magazine. We had a, we, we actually had a, a similar interest in the paranormal and we concept, conceptualized the magazine together. And now I don't know where we're at eight, 
maybe eight, nine years later, I can't remember right this second, but <laughs> yeah, here we are today. Radio show's still going. Magazine's as still going. As long as it's fun, yeah, you know? Exactly. As long as you're still having fun. Well, and you mentioned, did you mention sightings, I think it was? No, you uh, mentioned Unsolved Mysteries. Right, Unsol- yeah. But okay. I, but I yeah. did like sightings back okay. in the day, too. <laughs> okay, yeah. For me, it started with In Search Of, then it went to yeah. sightings, then it went to Unsolved Mysteries, and then you have, you know, the more current shows, you know, Ghost Adventures, right. Ghost Hunters. Oh, I can't even name them all. There's so many There's these days. There's so many, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I actually still like to watch some of them. I, wa- I do watch Ghost Adventures regularly. I watch The Dead Files. Yeah, um, love The Dead Files. Yeah. I watch them all, you know, even if, like, even if some of them are goofy, but yes. like, who, who cares, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like, it's always good food for thought. So. Yep. Oh, t- oh, totally. And and they're entertaining. I mean, that's why they're on TV. They're for entertainment purposes. Right, yeah. But <laughs> but I do like, you mentioned this, the use of some of the experimental equipment that you might see on something like Ghost Adventures, where, it, you know, you can't prove what the device is doing, but you got to start somewhere, testing it out. Right you know capturing some evidence trying to make correlations whatever whatever you need to do so and yeah tech is tech has come so far these days and mm-hmm. it's just amazing to be able to see it applied to something like the paranormal you know right. and you're never gonna know unless, until you try exactly like, who knew that you know this device or something could also be used to capture spirit voices you know so yeah yeah i love seeing that and love seeing it evolve do you do paranormal research yourself? Like, do you go out and do investigations? So on our podcast, we do these segments called Travel Diaries. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is once in a while when we go and we happen to be, you know, vacationing somewhere. For instance, we uh, we went to London a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and we made sure to hit up the Tower of London. And oh, what we do okay. is we call it a Travel Diary we'll go to the haunted spot at like the Tower of London mm-hmm. and we'll record for 15, 20 minutes and talk about what it's like to be in these supposedly haunted locations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we don't, we don't actively seek it out. You know, we don't show up at midnight we don't come <laughs> with equipment, Okay, okay. <laughs> but we kind of give like the overall, just the everyday person's perspective of what it might be like if you were there. Right. And we try to relay that to our listeners. Um, but that's as far as we go okay. in terms of investigating, because we we actually both talked about this recently on a, an episode. Uh, we're we come from superstitious backgrounds, okay, and we are we're we're spooked by that stuff. Mm-hmm. We were okay. taught as kids, oh. you, know, mess, you know, don't mess with that stuff, don't go looking for it. You know, only bad things can come from it. Okay, and, you know, even Manny believes this, and he's our resident skeptic. Yes, you know, it's just. I don't know. It's just our background. And uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe one day. We're not opposed to ghost Okay. But we still got the creeps. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get it. I get it. So have you had your own paranormal experiences, either as a child, as an adult? I have. I, at this point in my life, would consider myself to be a sensitive and an empath. Mm -hmm. And... I don't want to be. <laughs> okay. So I don't talk about it a lot mm-hmm. because I don't like picking up on the bad negative emotions of, of other people. Yeah. You know, um, I feel a lot. They have, I always give the example of when you walk into a room and someone's, you know, people have just been fighting. You can tell, you can feel it in the air. Yeah. I have that kind of ability where I'll walk in, but it, it can get to the point that I become sick from it and mm-hmm. physically ill. Yeah. Same oh, thing happens okay. if I go to a haunted location. So, for instance, I've been to the Lizzie Borden murder house. Yes. And uh, I could feel the residual energy 
um, in the up second floor of that house when we were touring it, and I got so sick, I got vertigo, and I had to leave. Wow, okay. So I've had those type of paranormal experiences, and uh, they're not fun, (laughs) Uh, but I guess... Yeah, I've had a few. I'd I'd say Mm -hmm. I've had a few, and a lot of them have come in places like the Lizzie Borden house. Um, The Tower of London is another one. Places like that. Mm -hmm. I I don't consider myself psychic or really very much sensitive, but I I think that sometimes I also tune in, but maybe not to the level you do. For instance, at Waverly, we went to Waverly a few years ago, and we were doing an eight-hour investigation, And about halfway through, I just got really sick. And I, you know, I don't think it was from the heat because I was trying to purposely keep myself hydrated with water. And it was really hot because it was summer, late summer or something like that. But I only could make it four hours in and I was in in their gift shop with my head on the table for the rest of the time. So I don't know what was going on there, but that was the most severe effect on me as far as paranormal investigation i've had it happen too in places that you don't even think are haunted okay uh recently i had it happen at a barnes and noble (laughs) wow okay uh, it's in it's actually the boston university's barnes and noble in the city of boston okay they have it in a really old building and it's uh three floors i believe three or four floors and for some reason i got to the second floor and i could i just i had to leave i couldn't and Manny was mm-hmm. up there browsing books, and I had to text him from downstairs oh. and be like, hey, I can't go up there. Oh, wow. Like, you need to, you need okay. to come back. Wonder now. what happened up there, you know? I, I wonder have, what's going yeah, on. I mean, it's a really old building. Mm-hmm. I tried looking into the history of it, and I couldn't find anything, um, you know, and there was no, no murders or anything like that documented. There was a nearby fire, I guess, but that's all I read. And okay. all I know is now I can't go to, like, the second floor of that Barnes & Right. <laughs> so, right. Do, um, so so having these things happen more than once, do you, well, if you if you know you're going to a possibly haunted location, is there any type of protection ritual that you do to keep yourself blocked from these things affecting you? Right. So now I actually, um, I carry stones on me. I okay. have a little baggie full of uh, protective stones. Like um, I have onyx on me. I have mm-hmm. rose quartz and regular quartz in a little bag. And I keep that in my purse and I have it everywhere with me now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I used to just, you know, I have, I used to have them around my house. Now I bring it with me everywhere. So that's, that's in terms of protection as much Prote- as I okay. try to do. So when we went to Bobby Mackey's last year, I had a couple friends recommend to me to take, I think it's called black tourmaline in my pocket. Yep. Put Take one of those. Does that, I'm wondering, did that maybe shut off? all spirit activity around me is there a way to balance it out to where you don't want to fully you know engage yourself with the spirits but you still want like if you're an investigator you still want things to happen because you're trying to record evidence do you know anything about what's the happy medium there um there are some stones that can make you more visible to the paranormal Mm -hmm. uh from what i understand or make you more psychic so for instance, um, Hermitite, I believe it's called, and then Tiger's Eyes, another one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Where they're extremely protective, but they okay. also kind of enhance your psychic ability. So it's a double-edged sword. And, okay, got and, you it. Know, like you might experience more things. You also might be more attractive to these spirits, but they won't be able to harm you because those stones are so much more protective. Okay, interesting. Okay, yeah, that's that's a good tip right there because you don't want them to, you know, attach to you or, mm-hmm. you know, harm you anyway, but you're, you're trying to find out what's going on. And so you don't want to block that completely out. 
Right. And a lot of people too will do cleansing mm-hmm. on themselves before they leave a location with, with sage and sometimes holy water, depending on your beliefs. And you know, that, that, that helps some people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I imagine it, it, I'm not saying it's only, um, what I want to say psychological, but mm-hmm. I think it also, it does depend on your beliefs somewhat if that is going to help you those cleansing rituals. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I personally, exactly. I personally mm-hmm. believe in, uh, you know, the sage, even in, in any yeah. form. I, okay. uh, recently bought sage essence, like mm-hmm. the oil and, um, I'll use that on my third eye, like on my forehead mm-hmm. after I meditate or before I meditate to kind of clear me out. But once again, you know, if that's not your cup of tea, then you might find nothing. It does nothing for you. So. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So do you have any sites uh, you have planned coming up for the, for the video cast that you're going to go record at? So for we actually we do the travel diaries for the podcast. And for that, uh, we are actually going back to London this coming <sighs> May. Oh, and nice. Yeah, and we're uh, we're going to be there for seven days. And during one of those days, we're going to take the train over to Paris. Okay. So I feel like there is an abundance of opportunity there to do yes. some yes. travel diaries. I'm not sure. We are going to the Tower of London. I don't okay. know if we'll do a repeat travel diary. But um, we always try to hit on the new new places that mm-hmm. we haven't done for our listeners before. Okay. But, um, yeah, we're also open to suggestions, you know, like we love getting suggestions from our listeners too, as to where they, they know better than us, you know, if they've <laughs> yeah. London a million times and they're mm-hmm. like, they, those are the greatest when you have listeners tell you, hey, actually, this is the place off the beaten path that you should go to, to record at. So we might ask some uh, listeners for some input. Where can our listeners find your video cast? Yeah, uh, so they can find everything uh, over on getspooked.net. Uh, getspooked.net slash YouTube is the easiest way to find the YouTube show and uh, All Day Paranormal you can get to the podcast from there too it's getspooked.net slash All Day Paranormal Awesome I went to London on a family vacation once I think I was 16 and I just remember being so stunned by all the castles that we went to there that yeah. these, there was these immense beautiful amazing castles and you know that those to me, would seem like locations that would be ripe with paranormal activity. Every single thing is so old over there. Uh, yeah. You know, all the structures are like yeah. hundreds of years old. So, of course. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Let's talk about your article. And for those who know you, they know that you write for us, Paranormal Underground Magazine. But this article titled, Where Do the Politically Powerful Choose to Rest in Peace? I would just want to read uh, the first paragraph. And then we can go through some of these locations because they're really intriguing. All right, let me read it real quick. In March, the president of Brazil made news when he left his palace due to supposed ghosts. Michael Temer resided at the Palacio da Alvarada. Oh my gosh, did I pronounce that right? (laughs) All right, good. Where other Brazilian presidents had stayed since the 1950s. He said that he, quote, felt something strange there and he hadn't been able to sleep a wink since moving into the building that's amazing i mean this is coming from the president of brazil (laughs) yeah this is exactly why i chose this topic i saw that headline recently that's what i was gonna ask you why did you choose this topic for your column next month it was because it just drew your interest 
interest in because of a story you saw. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And I've, I've heard of this happening though to other people, other political leaders around the world and they don't make huge headlines, but this is, it just happened to not be the first one I saw. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what is going on here? Right. Like, something, I feel like, you know, in, 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 people in these positions, you might, you might put them into another category, you know, that category of people like firefighters, like police officers, um, people who are really, they have reputations to maintain. And, you know, when they come out and say something that so might be questionable to the public, don't you, if you feel more inclined to believe them, don't you? I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More inclined to take their word for it. I totally agree. I think that there's so much energy at these places that, you know, things get tied to them. And I don't know if it's more so than other locations, but it definitely seems that, like there's a lot going on at these politi- yeah, political buildings and such. So let's just go down the list here. The first one you have listed is the Nevada Governor's Mansion. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that one? Yeah, so this is actually located in Carson City, and it dates back to 1908. That's when it was built through 1909, and it was built for acting governor Denver S. Dickerson's family and him, and uh, he lived there with his wife, Una, and they had a baby daughter named June. They were the first people to live there, and actually, June is still the first uh, baby to ever be born at the mansion. So she still holds that title. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it looks like a really nice house when you see it <laughs> to begin with. It um, it has like these huge two columns. It's a very um, prestigious building. Uh, but you could, it's not so large that you can't see a family living in it. You know, okay. it's, it's a nice homely structure, but it has a very uh, haunted past as it turns out. Mm-hmm. So it turns out, according to legend, that Una and June uh, actually haunt the property because they loved this building so much. And I could see why. Like I said, it's a gorgeous property. And, you know, if you had a great life there, I mean, wouldn't you want to return to? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, why not? So right. that's that's the main theory there. But another interesting theory about this place is that there are spirits or at least a spirit connected to a grandfather clock Hmm. which is in the building so the grandfather clock was actually given to uh, governor dickerson back when he was serving in office and it's still there to this day but people think that there might have been a spirit attached to it when it got moved in so people see a, um, a male spirit sometimes walking around they hear his footsteps and they think that might be coming from this clock i say remove the clock yeah right <laughs> and maybe you could solve some of those problems <laughs> but uh, the building's actually still lived in today by uh governor brian sandoval oh, so wow. they live alongside these ghosts i as far as i know the clock is still there so <laughs> that's interesting not having paranormal activity okay because You know, haunted objects is a big subject in the field because there's the theory, of course, that spirits or some type of energy can attach to certain objects, like you mentioned that possibly the the grandfather clock, you know, and so what can you, I I always wonder, can you, should you try and release that energy, just move it out elsewhere? I don't know what the right thing to do is with a haunted object. A lot of people, um, well... I mean, the rumor, as it goes, is do not burn it. Right. <laughs> That's yes. always uh, the wrong thing to do in every horror movie. It yeah. means, uh, don't burn that. 
Uh, a lot of people kind of think that cleansing it or somehow giving it back to the earth in some sort of way is mm-hmm. one way to do it. So okay. a lot of people will bury supposed haunted objects mm-hmm. or they will put it in a river or the lake or just let it go into the ocean. So that's another way. But of course, you know, my mind always wanders and I'm like, well, what happens when it washes up on shore? Mm-hmm. Like now some sap's going to get this. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it releases, maybe it releases the spirit and it's all good after that. But that's, that's what some people choose to do. So the haunted Dybbuk box, mm-hmm. that item, which was most recently owned by Jason Haxton, who we've talked to on the show many times. But it is, uh, if you don't know of the Dybbuk box, just Google it. <laughs> There's also yeah. a, a fictional movie about it. But it is an amazing story that is both scary, <laughs> and but it also makes you think about these types of things. But recently, apparently, Zach Bagans from the TV show Ghost Adventures bought this object from Jason Haxton and now displays it in his museum. I think it's in, is it Las Vegas or, or somewhere in Nevada? Yeah, I, I think, think it's in Las Vegas. Yeah. So that though, originally Jason had told us that he was going, to, it, it was, it was going to be buried to kind of control it. But then I guess he decided he needed to get rid of it. Probably I think he, because it was affecting him and his family too much. But yeah. that type of thing, That's I the think kind is, of thing is, that- yeah. Manny and I always say we'd run away from screaming. Okay, yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Just, you know, there there goes that superstition again. But, uh, you know, can you blame yeah. us? I mean, no. we've heard all those terrible things that happen with the Dybbuk box, specifically mm-hmm. related to health. I mean, I hear it causes horrible health problems. You know, you, something, I was going to say something funny. No, it's not funny. Something strange. Karen um, and Chuck, who were our hosts for years, both had a mock... Dybbuk box shipped to them. So Jason had this mock, not the real one, like a fake one rebuilt to, to model the real one. And he shipped that to both Karen and Chuck. And I know Karen specifically had so much bad luck when she had this thing in her possession for a week. And I don't know, you know, if you want to call it coincidence, the way she described it to me, it was not coincidence. But it was um, a mock one? It was, but the funny part is, is it was a fake one. It wasn't the original. So that leads me to wonder why 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 could a rebuilt you know not a rebuilt that's the wrong term a a model dybbuk box cause this type of activity if it's not the real one i don't know maybe you know you're conjuring the energy though or pulling Mm -hmm. the energy from it Mm -hmm. just by thinking about it that's very interesting i don't know i uh, yeah i'm getting the creeps creeps. yeah I i would go nowhere near the real deal like i i, just, I wouldn't no i don't know why i'd go to a haunted museum to see it either i just <laughs> i'll look at a picture of it, of it on the internet mm-hmm. that's about that's it. about <laughs> it okay <laughs> yes i did not ask for the fake dybbuk box to be sent to me for a week so i'll just put it to you that way <laughs> <laughs> yeah um all right well before we go on with our list we're going to take a short break and then we will come back and talk about some more of these awesome locations i can't wait to get into more of these from egypt the uk france so let's just go to a break you're listening to paranormal underground radio we'll be right back close encounters of the christ kind science fiction author douglas brody retells the life of jesus according to ancient alien theory as the bible's angels are revealed to be extraterrestrials beamed down to create a hybrid golden child who may just change the history of humankind for the better if another visitor from a far planet named satan doesn't arrive first 
The Planet Jesus Trilogy, Book 1, Flesh and Blood. For full background material and ordering information, visit planetjesustrilogy.com, where the New Testament meets the Twilight Zone. The Crusaders are commonly thought to have been motivated by the deep Christian faith. Crusades were actually war-inspired by the average of medieval ecclesial leaders who were only searching for total power and control. Well-played mind games which spoke about demonic forces, witchcraft and deadly possessions, many Europeans gave into their fears and banned the truth of an ancient and earthly civilization from their daily lives. It became an unknown world, not seen by the naked eye but capable of possessing your soul and in the worst case even kills you. In order to keep the people away from the truth, it had to be feared forever. Restoring the voice of our people, we give back what once was stolen from you. Your freedom and thinking, creating and believing. The Source of Immortality, written by Maria Anna van Driel, www.amazon.com Hi, this is Cheryl with Paranormal Underground Radio. And I'd like to tell you how you can find your own online counselor through BetterHelp.com. E-counseling is an effective, convenient, and affordable way to get help with issues like stress, anxiety, depression, relationships, career issues, self-esteem, addictions, and many other life changes. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals, and BetterHelp allows you to connect with them in a safe and private online or mobile environment. Anything you share is strictly confidential. Plus, it's affordable. Getting started is free, so you can feel confident that BetterHelp's service and the therapists they match you with are right for you. Then just pay a low flat fee for unlimited sessions with your counselor. It's convenient because you can do it on your own time and at your own pace. Communicate with your therapist as often as you want, whenever you want. BetterHelp is available at your time and your place. To start your free week-long subscription for as much contact as you need, just complete the questionnaire and enter your credit card details at betterhelp.com forward slash paranormal. It's safe and secure. And if you don't need help beyond the first week, just cancel your subscription with a click of a button. If you find value, do nothing and automatically extend your subscription. Pricing varies between $180 to $280 per month for unlimited access. That's about the cost of a single in-person session with a similarly qualified in-person therapist. Give it a try today at betterhelp.com forward slash paranormal. Hey, are you looking for a new paranormal podcast? Check out All Day Paranormal with me, Crystal Vermis. And me, Manny Vega. We come to you every week with the latest in supernatural news and entertainment. That's right, and you can find out more by going to getspooked.net. And don't forget to check out our YouTube show by going to getspooked.net slash YouTube. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Hey everyone, if you can't get enough of Paranormal Underground, then I've got good news for you. We're on social media. You can find us on Twitter, 
on Facebook, and I think even on MySpace, and nobody has a MySpace page anymore. So check out Paranormal Underground on your favorite social media site today. Where do you want to go to lunch? I'm having a stroke. Did you hear what I said? I'm having a stroke. Why aren't you answering me? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. And we are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio, and we are here with our guest, Crystal Vermis, from GetSpooked.net and All Day Paranormal Podcast. So we were talking before the break about these haunted political buildings, and the next one we're going to talk about is in India. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that one, and then we'll discuss. Sure. So this place is actually really unique because... Uh, it seems like the haunting stories of it came afterward, and it's more so just a cursed place. Okay. Which is always interesting. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. Reasons why places are cursed uh, tend to vary. Uh, this place is located in civil lines in Delhi, India, and it's it is now referred to as Delhi's most haunted house. But uh, that you know once again came after the fact. It was built in the 1920s. Uh, by India's British rulers, and they wanted a place basically to accommodate their senior officers. And it's huge. It is 5,000 square meters. It has wow. two floors, three bedrooms, and 10 quarters for servants and staff. Um, it kind of looks like they have their own, like, town back there <laughs> when you see pictures of it just for the servants, you know, in the, in the back there. Um, and it has a massive garden. Today, the property is actually worth millions, but as it goes, the place can be worth millions, but if it's cursed, not many people are going to want to live in it. <laughs> so Delhi's chief ministers have traditionally lived there, and uh, they used to live there because it's actually only 100 yards away from a legislative building, so they could easily get to and from work. And the curse started back in 1952 when Delhi's first chief minister, uh, Chandri Brahma Prakash, moved in. He was actually a prominent leader of the Quit India movement, which was, uh, it came about because they were trying to eliminate uh, British rule over India. So he, he did have a successful political career, but he technically lost the job of chief minister after just three years because of the really hostile political climate. So a lot of people started to question, you know, whether... He couldn't hold on to the position because of this bungalow that he lived in. Interesting. Another, yeah. So another chief minister moved in named uh, Madan La Carana, and he lived there in the house in the 1990s. He was also only able to serve for three years. So he served between 93 and 96. And a lot of people thought, oh, there's another one, you know, there's mm -hmm. the curse of the bungalow. <laughs> um and they eventually he lost his job because they the people voted in another more popular person named uh, Sahib Singh Verma, and by the time Verma came around, he was like, "I'm not moving in there." Like there is no, <laughs> no way. way. <laughs> and this is around the time that all the rumors of the place started coming up. Like, oh, it's haunted, it's cursed. People were coming up with, you know, every reason in the book to not move in there. Um, 
in both of their short tenures, you know, the other prime ministers were, or chief ministers were blamed on this house. Mm-hmm. No one wants it at this point. Um, so, you know, there's the whole, oh, you might not have your job for long curse going on. But uh, in 2003, um, a minister named Deep Shand Bandhu actually moved into the house. And he died at a hospital after contracting meningitis. So now people thought the bungalow was causing death. It wasn't just causing you to lose your career, but it was causing health problems. So I don't know. You know, now it seems like it's taking a more tragic and sinister turn Mm -hmm. here. And in 2013, a bureaucrat actually moved in named Jack D. Cena. And he did like living there for a little bit, uh, but he lost his position. After a while, he didn't complete his term in office. Once again, people said it was the curse, and it is still being used today, the building, which is interesting because you'd think people are still terrified of it. And while Mm -hmm. some are, it's actually serving as uh, the office for the Delhi Dialogue Commission, and the commissioner's uh, vice chairman is a skeptic. (laughs) So (laughs) we we know how that goes, right? I mean, (laughs) like, we can predict, but... He says he's still, you know, he jokes that he's still looking for the ghosts on this property. He hasn't seen anything yet. They've done a pretty good job of restoring the place, painting it, uh, renovating it entirely. So um, the building itself is it's pretty nice. It has these really long, elongated windows. And it looks um, palace-like, you know. It's not huge, but um, it's, a, it's a beautiful building. And I could see why someone would want to repurpose it. But mm-hmm. the fact that he's a skeptic is a little... Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of waiting. I'm waiting to, yeah. to see, see that story about him getting run out of the house or something. <laughs> right, right. Those uh, those famous last words he said about he hasn't encountered anything yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Exactly. So that's one that I think maybe we should all keep an eye on for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, curse locations. Those are scary. And, you know, I, I just it's a whole nother level, I think, when you get to curses. Yeah. I think that, you know, once a lot of people collectively start believing in something like that, mm-hmm. kind of take the, now I feel like this building has taken on a life of mm-hmm. its own, you know, and maybe there was nothing there, but now that now we is. have all these people thinking that, exactly. So. Yeah, I I do think that's totally possible, the energy given, and especially if it's a huge collective energy given to something like that, you know, you have the tol- tulpas that are thought yep. creations, I I believe that's a possibility. You have poltergeists, you know, built, created from extreme energy from from people, supposedly. I believe that's totally possible. So, yeah, I mean, where that's a good question. Where do these things actually start? You know, was there an actual curse placed on on something? Or is it just the thought that that happened? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that maybe it's the people. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say in this case, it was the people afterward. Especially because it seems like all the rumors started to come out of the woodwork all at once. Like, yeah. oh, now it's haunted. Yeah. Um, now it can cause you to lose your job. And right. people kind of look for things like that after a while. Yeah, because let's be honest. People lose their jobs all the time. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it happens. And but... they just so happened to live in this, yeah. in this building. Right. But, yeah. Exactly. All right, cool. Well, the third one on the list is the Baron's Palace in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And I had not heard of this one. So uh, can you just tell us a little bit about it and what they say is going on there? Yeah. So this place is, this is an extremely strange place. Um, the building itself is, it's a, has a nice tan um, facade. It's a very brown building. Uh, it has a tower. It's very castle-like, but it has 
statues all around it uh, that represent different gods, mythological gods and uh, deities. And it's wow. really creepy. It's a very mm-hmm. creepy building. So if you were walking through uh, Heliopolis, which is a Cairo suburb, and you saw it, you'd probably be like, that's probably haunted. And that's exactly the case here. Um, it was constructed by Edward Lewis Joseph, also known as the Baron M. Payne, back in the mm-hmm. early 1900s. He made his fortune on the railways by building railroads. And he just happened to fall in love with this location uh, during the 1900s, and he constructed this building. Uh, he had a French architect help him, and they designed the palace. Um, and he ended up living there with his family, but it was a life full of tragedy, unfortunately. His wife uh, fell to her death from the palace's tower. Mm. Their daughter had a lot of psychological issues, and she used to sit in the chambers of the basement and just talk to herself and kind of stare at the wall for hours. Uh, so she spent a lot of time there, and then... A few months or a few years after her mother died, she was found dead just face down in the middle of the palace. Oh. Died without a cause. Okay. You know, very mysterious death. Um, today, people still, still hear voices from inside of the palace. They see strange lights just burst. Uh, they see lights, lights just come up into the backyard and then disappear. And some people have witnessed furniture moving between all the rooms. There's also been smoke seen coming from the main tower of the palace, and it's abandoned right now, so no one knows where that's coming from. And then the smoke will just dissipate. Very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, the Baron was kind of a strange guy himself, as it turns out. He had a room in the palace that no one was allowed to enter except for him. It was called the Champer of the Rosary. And after his death, people found mirrors all over the room, and they were stained by blood. It's blood all over them. Um, a large number of bats were also living in the room. So I don't know what was going on <laughs> in there. You might think satanic, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but speaking of Satanists, uh, in the late 1990s, Satanists actually used the palace uh, for worship, devil worshiping. Um, and they specifically used this room. And they would host wow. parties in there. And the parties did eventually come to the stop, to to a stop, after two boys and a girl disappeared. Yeah, so this palace, you know, it was seemed to be marked by tragedy right from the get-go, and it continued right up to the 1990s. And today it's abandoned, and it's just this structure that sits there that people walk by that's extremely creepy Mm -hmm. (laughs) i would say people should like it to me it sounds like the kind of place you should tear down just demolish it start over but i don't know it still stands still there yeah that's that sounds like a lot of strange stuff going on there so yeah (laughs) well okay we're back to the u.s the fourth one on the list is the white house tell us a little bit about that paranormal activity that goes on there yeah, so I mean, let's be honest, we mentioned, we were talking about this a little bit before, the White House war- could probably warrant its own whole hour yeah. of <laughs> stories based right. on all of the ghost stories about it, but um, we'll just like go over the highlights here. I mean, the White House was actually, the site for it was selected by George Washington in 1791, and James Hoban was selected for the job as the architect, and uh John Adams, our president, was the first one to officially move into the house, uh, which was unfinished at the time back in 1800. So as we know, um, the British did burn it down at one point in 1814, but Hoban rebuilt the house. And there are a number of spirits who are thought to uh, reside there today. And honestly, a lot of them sound like 
uh, goes to, you know, maybe they just loved living there. And how could you not? It's the mm-hmm. White House, you right. know? Right, right. <laughs> uh, Abigail, Abigail Adams, a uh, former first lady, she used to hang wet laundry in the East Room because that was the warmest and driest part of the house. And she's actually still seen bringing laundry over to that room. People have seen her walking over to there, still doing laundry after death, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mary Todd Lincoln uh, held seances in the house. And uh, a lot of people think that maybe she opened a portal which would presumably allow the dead to come in and out of the White House. You know, Mm -hmm. random people, not necessarily politicians, but who knows. Um, Andrew Jackson is thought to be one of the most active spirits in the White House. Uh, He haunts the Rose Room, which used to be his old bedroom. And he can be heard stomping and swearing through the White House. So, (laughs) wow! imagine running into that. (laughs) A very angry former president. Um, Abraham Lincoln is still frequently seen. Um, First uh, Lady Eleanor Roosevelt used the Lincoln bedroom as her study, and she said she used to feel his presence in there late at night. And uh, probably the most famous story of Lincoln is by uh, Princess Wilhelmina of the Netherlands. She said that one night while she was staying at the White House, she got a knock on her bedroom door in the middle of the night, and it was Lincoln. Uh, So very strange um, mm-hmm. and even Winston Churchill said that he saw Lincoln once um, he was coming out of the bath completely naked just smoking <laughs> his cigar and he saw Lincoln sitting by the fireplace in his room so <laughs> seems like wow. Lincoln has no limit <laughs> <laughs> if you're into presidential history this seems like you know the place to go for living history so do you think, I know we still have a couple more to, to cover, but do you think so far over what we talked about, or just in general, that these are more residual hauntings, meaning they're just replays of things that might have actually happened while these political figures were alive? Or do you think there's intelligence there where they're coming back for a visit, you know, or whatnot? Yeah, definitely. Well, so I think it varies. Um, in the case of uh, the White House, I'm going to go ahead and say Abigail Adams doesn't want to be doing laundry for eternity. <laughs> and yeah. it's probably a residual type of haunting there. Mm-hmm. But maybe President Lincoln really is just messing with people. <laughs> and maybe he did like the house so much, though, that he's there all the time. And that's why people are seeing him and right. they've seen him throughout history. Um, and, you know, same thing going back to Nevada's governor's mansion, um, Una and June. Maybe they haunt the property because they loved it so much, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe it is residual and they're going through some of the motions of the more happier times there. I think mm-hmm. it really varies depending on who's doing the haunting and uh, maybe just, you know, the location itself as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. I always, always wonder about that because, yeah, it's it's like you said, probably on a case by case basis, but. Um, I always thought, wouldn't it be nice if you, you know, if, if you're a spirit, but you miss, you know, something that, you know, meant a lot to you during your life and you could pop in and, and take a little visit and say hello. <laughs> I thought that would be pretty yeah. cool. So Yeah, definitely. I mean, in the in the case of the bungalow, I don't know if people may want to come back to Probably not that one. the house where they <laughs> lost their job. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, but yeah, I don't know. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised in some cases. All right. Number five on the list is Hampton Court in UK. Yeah. You, you you mentioned the residual. This is a good one. Okay. Oh, awesome. All right. Tell us about it. <laughs> yeah. So this is actually, um, it was built by King Henry VIII, famous king who beheaded the six wives, or, well, he beheaded five. Um, he beheaded his wives. And 
Thomas Wolseley was his favorite archbishop, and he had the palace reconstructed for royalty in 1514. But once he fell from favor, uh, King Henry took the palace for himself. So this was his his palace. Mm -hmm. And this is what I think to be a classic example of a residual haunting. Um, His fifth wife, Catherine Howard, is thought to haunt the haunted gallery, Mm -hmm. where she uh, kind of attempted to save her own life. Uh, Once Henry was through with her, so to speak, he accused her of cheating on him. Uh, He had her under house arrest at the palace, and so she was essentially awaiting her fate in a room on the other side of the palace while Henry was in another room locked away uh, doing business. She was able to escape the guards in her house arrest room, She went running down the hallway, ran down the haunted gallery toward where King Henry was, and she was attempting to save her life. She wanted to plea for mercy, essentially. Mm -hmm. And uh, she eventually got caught. She didn't make it. The guards pulled her back, and she's kicking and screaming. And, I mean, you can only imagine the Mm -hmm. amount of turmoil she must have felt, Mm -hmm. you know, pleading for her life. And uh, a lot of people call her today the screaming lady because... People have seen and heard her running for her life. uh, And I think personally she's recreating history there. Mm -hmm. Um, Another uh, ghost that's thought to be there is actually a Tudor servant named Sybil Penn. She just roams the halls. Uh, She served under a lot of the uh, Tudor Corps members. She's known as the Grey Lady. And then perhaps the most famous ghost of Hampton Court is known as the Skeletor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's uh, a ghostly figure that was caught on CCTV in October 2003. So for those of you who haven't seen the footage, quick Google search. You can find it uh, easily these days. It's famous. Uh, But what happens is you see these palace doors fling wide open. There's this ghostly skeletor or skeleton looking figure. And then the door shut and then it happens again. So this is a more recent ghost, I guess. Um, so on that one real quick, I've seen that footage. What is your opinion? Legit or not? I think it's legit, but I don't understand the Skeletor mm-hmm. notion behind it. Why can't it be just Catherine Howard or, mm-hmm. or Sybil? And I didn't see this, the skeletal nature of it. Um, I'm not sure why people think it's a different ghost than something that was already there. But I, I think it's legit, okay. personally. It's an interest. It's interesting footage, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just the fact, you know, that it was captured on CCTV and and no one is around and whatnot. I don't know. I've been to a uh, Hampton Court before, oh, and okay. I I did go to the haunted gallery, and it was the middle of the daytime, mm-hmm. so it wasn't that spooky. <laughs> but uh, it was <laughs> that's it good. Was something else though, being there and, oh. and trying to imagine this this poor. She was really young too, Catherine mm. Howard, uh, running for her life down this hallway um, paranormal aside i mean it's it's an amazing place and i can just imagine how much energy is going on there you know exactly i mean she's pleading for her life so all right well that's an interesting one the last one on the list though is called the petite trianon in versailles france Mm -hmm. what's going on with this one so versailles this is like one place i can only hope to go to at some point one day because Mm -hmm. It's massive, and it's such a critical part of French history. It was uh, built by Louis XIII. It was originally a hunting lodge in 1623. 
But uh, Louis the Sixteenth expanded upon it to give himself a place to stay outside of Paris, to get away from it all, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But it's so large that it's essentially like its own little town, its own little city. Um, He would bring thousands of people of his court to come with him when he would stay there and kind of operate as his own little, uh, you know, court and community. Um, The most famous story of Versailles has to do with these two women who were, uh, they had academic backgrounds, and they were... um, visiting Versailles back in August 1901. Charlotte Ann Mobley and Eleanor Jourdain were visiting after, and after a tour, they were like, let's go explore more of Versailles. Let's, mm. let's see what else is going on aside from the building. The tour was boring, you know. <laughs> uh, so they headed to the gardens of the Petit Trianon, mm-hmm. and uh, they started to feel lost. Uh, all of a sudden, they noticed that the scenery had changed around them. Uh, people were wearing cornered hats. Uh, even the trees looked different. And they started seeing dignified officials wearing strange outfits. Um, very weird, but they kind of just thought, man, maybe we're tired and fatigued and we just got a little lost. Mm-hmm. A man with smallpox scars walked up to them. And uh, he actually ushered them to the petite Trianon. And uh, when they got to the gardens in front of the palace, they saw a woman sketching in the grass. She was wearing a light summer dress and she had a shady white hat. And Moberly actually thought she was just a tourist, another tourist. They eventually made their way to the entrance of the palace. And uh, they, you know, they joined the other visitors. And all of a sudden, the strange uh, scenery around them seemed to disappear. So they just chalked it up to, oh, that was weird. <laughs> weird side experience. There. Yeah. Um, they didn't talk about it for quite some time. Uh, months, actually. And then they realized when they recalled their experience, they weren't able to find those same landmarks around Versailles that they had seen that day. So, for instance, there was a bridge that they walked over. The, uh, the man with the smallpox scarred face told mm-hmm. them to walk over this bridge wasn't there anymore strange things like that um they eventually wrote a book together called the adventure in 1911 about their experience um and we really remembered seeing more people that day than jordan did uh including the woman who was sketching in the grass and the way they described these people um, a lot of people think that she was describing marie antoinette Wow. And the smallpox scarred man might have actually been the Comte de Vaudreuil, who was an enemy of Marie Antoinette. Um, a lot of people say that they just experienced a memory lapse. But, you know, some people, of course, the, the greatest argument here is that they had some sort of time slip. Yeah. Uh, they, they were also, in their, in their book, they identified things that dated back to the 1780s, such as a plow, the small bridge which, yeah, when people did further research, they found out that there was a bridge in that spot, that it had been torn down. Um, They said they had seen guards wearing green coats, and that was actually the uniform that Marie Antoinette's Swiss guard used to wear. So, I don't know, time slip? I don't know. There's a lot of questions there. That's really interesting. I've heard about people who say they've experienced these time slips where somehow, some way they're transported in t- in, in, back in time. And, you know, I don't know if it's through a portal. I mean, I, I, I assume it is, but I'm not sure how this time slip happens. Do you know anything more about time slips? 
Well, I mean, I know if you fall along the lines of the beliefs of just parallel dimensions and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, there's there's just the basic theory that, you know, there are different dimensions and there are also different planes and in, in time periods in which our future is already happening mm-hmm. um, or uh, we can go back in the past in that way. Um, so, I mean, it could, it could just be that. It could be the, the slight blending mm-hmm. and the overlap uh, at random and these two women happen to experience it. But. That's a good point because I've heard that theory where the, the past, present, and even future are all happening at the same time. Yep. And exactly. so maybe, like you said, they cross over and it's rare, but... You know, it's been reported like to happen. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for going over these. These are really interesting. I- I'm glad you wrote this article about it and came, you know, and talked to us and gave us even more detail. I, I really I'm appreciate happy it. happy to do it. Uh, before we go, though, I want to ask you where our listeners can find out more about you, either on social media or your website or YouTube. Yeah, sure. So uh, the easiest way is to hit up our website. It's called getspook.net. And uh, we do have a Twitter account. It's uh, Spooked Blog. That's our handle. And we can, we reply to people on there. But sometimes people prefer good old-fashioned email. Our email address is spookedblog at gmail.com. And uh, our YouTube show is called All Day Paranormal After Dark. And the podcast is All Day Paranormal. It comes out every Monday uh, where good podcasts are found. iTunes, Stitcher, Podbay, all those good places. All right, great. And I really hope you'll come back and talk to us, especially after you go back to the UK. <laughs> Tell yeah, us what, what happens. I'd love to. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Crystal. And now we're going to play two correspondent segments, one from Crystal and Manny and the other from Maria Anna Vandril. The first segment we're going to play from Crystal and Manny discusses the intriguing topic of reincarnation. And then we will go straight into our second correspondent segment from Maria Anna Vandriel. She is live from the Black Forest in Germany, and she is talking about the Slenderman myth. I'm Crystal Vermis. And I'm Manny Vega. From Salem, Massachusetts, we are your paranormal underground radio in the dark correspondence. We are also the hosts of the All Day Paranormal podcast and All Day Paranormal After Dark, the YouTube show. Find out more about us at GetSpooked.net. Now for our paranormal news segment of the week. All right, let's get into some paranormal news. Let's do it. What do you have this week? I have a series of just of, of stories, and they're, they're public stories. They were submitted on a Reddit thread, actually, about a month ago. And I just thought they were pretty interesting. They're about um, being uh, born again, basically, uh, Reincarnation is the word I couldn't think of right there. <laughs> so this is actually on the uh, the subreddit Ask Reddit, a very popular subreddit. And this topic kind of took off about a month ago. And it asked, parents of Reddit, what has your child done to make you think they lived a past life? Oh, yeah. Like weird things where your three-year-old will start like spewing things about yeah. ancient Egypt. We talked about that this kind sort of thing. thing. Yeah. I mean, th- there have been sort of famous stories of kids who had like knowledge of, yeah, ancient Egypt or, or even Some people even just have kids who knew they talk about their great grandparents yeah and they were too young to have ever met them exactly or maybe no one even told them about them but they're like oh yeah i was there when like grandpa you know did that or yeah now you told me some interesting theories and i'm gonna read a few of these stories but then i want you to explain for our listeners some of these like theories behind the reincarnation like how people choose because i'm the weirdo who believes in it yes so i want you to explain because i think it'll add some good context to these stories um, but this is a this is actually a random like a mommy blogger 
that just like summarized all these different stories. I'm glad you hit the mommy blogs and oh, to man. find to find news for this podcast. I was just on them anyway. I know. And I'm just turning over every just, rock. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Every you go leaf. to like so much effort. Oh yeah. And every crazy. every corner of the internet. They're talking about something weird, I'm on it. Yeah. Alright, so here's what the mommy bloggers have to say. Uh, these are just random stories from random redditors. So one person said, uh, my three year old has said I was your mom in heaven multiple times. Okay, when I was six weeks pregnant with her, my mom died unexpectedly the day she found out the secret that I was pregnant at forty with what have been with what have been her twenty first and last grandchild. Okay, mm. uh, we were going to surprise her on her seventy fifth birthday two weeks later, but a niece let the secret out. When my girl was four, we were looking through picture boxes. I have no family pictures posted in the house. Uh, later that night, I realized my daughter took three pictures of my mom and put them in her room. She's never seen pictures of my mom before. I asked her why she took those pictures, and she said, because I'm pretty. Oh. Interesting. That's funny. So, like, you know, the mother basically being reincarnated through her daughter. Right. Yeah, like, right then. Yeah. Weird weird story there. Uh, That one I've heard, though. That's common. I've heard that one in particular. Like, an adult's parent will pass away, then they'll have a baby, and it's like their father who had just passed away, or their grandparent, so. Right. Yeah. Here's another little one. Um, My friend had a miscarriage before she had her first daughter. A few years ago, when her daughter was about four, a group of us were was at a party, and her daughter was sitting on her lap, and she said something along the lines of, I'm sorry I left you before, Mommy. I was hurting really bad, and I wasn't ready. My friend asked her what she meant, and her daughter said that she left her before she was born, but came back. Hmm. So the miscarriage So it's actually wrong. the same spirit, same soul. Same soul, you know? came back in a second child. Pretty interesting. Uh, while chatting with my four-year-old son, he started going into vivid descriptions of being a friendly old man whom his neighbors were <laughs> fond of. Okay, uh, He gave a description of what he used to look like, and then how he died, how he felt once he died, and how he woke up again while being born. The That's way he, interesting. The way he talked about it made it seem like he was recalling going to the zoo the previous weekend. He was so casual about it that when he looked at my expression on my face, he said, what's wrong? I don't believe in past lives, but that was strange. Yeah. Okay. Here's another one. Uh, when my son was three, he told me that he once was kidnapped, and the police <gasps> accidentally shot and killed him oh my when they were trying to rescue him. Uh, when he turned five, he told me he had never made it this far. Oh, my gosh. That's a pretty creepy one. That's a heavy one. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I guess so a So this goes killed. on forever. There's a ton like this? There's a ton, yeah, and I'll just read a few more. But uh, here's one about um, when I was about three. I used to tell my mom stories of being a little Chinese girl. Apparently, mm-hmm. I lived at the bottom of a hill with my grandfather, and I died in a flood. When I was six or seven, I came home from school upset that I'd been surrounded by a group of boys. And when I cried to my mom, uh, I said it was like when the soldiers on horses came to take us away. Hmm. That's a weird one. So that's actually a person who later on, and I've heard stories like that where someone will have this this um, sort of like weird experience as a kid, and then as a teenager, they don't have any memory of it. They just, yeah. you know, they're like, I don't know why it's I said that. It's up to like your parents to remember it. Yeah, they're like, I don't know why I said that, mom. My mom remembers things. She, this is a little different. <laughs> really? But um, no, she remembers I used to talk to invisible friends. When I was a kid. Right. Everyone has, like, an imaginary friend or whatever. And my dad always brushes it off whenever she brings it up. My mom's like, no, she was definitely talking to, like, dead people. Because, right. like, she was three and she was having very articulate conversations that she would have with a person in front of him. It's not like when she's, like, play talking to a stuffed animal. Right. She's talking in, you know, thin air, but she's also very, like... Seriously having a conversation with someone or something. There's like an intent so, to it, yeah. I for, she knows the name, too. I forget what the name is. But she's like, there was a specific person you would always talk to, oh, wow. too. So. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. All right. So, so just two more, then. Um, for this story, they say, uh, my son was three and pretending to run over his Lego men. When asked to stop, he said, that's how I died, isn't it? 
Mm. She, the mom's like, no, you never died. And he goes, <laughs> uh, yes, I whoa. have. He goes, yes, I have. When I was two last time, the car hit me. My other mom cried. And then I came to you. And she just like was completely silent. He's a teen now and doesn't remember to think about it. That's what mm. the person says. Okay, so that's one of those stories of, uh, of someone forgetting uh, until much later. And then the last one I'll read is, um, my family took everyone on a trip to see their old neighborhood. They drove by a house where, about 15 years earlier, a little girl was hit by a car and died. My cousin, who was about four at the time, never had been in the neighborhood and had never heard this tragic story. But she stopped what she was doing and said, oh, that's where I died, isn't it? Mm. And then she resumed playing with her dolls or whatever it was that she was doing. I've heard of that weird one happening before where kids will, no, they won't even be as detailed, but they'll just be like, oh, I died here once. Yeah. You know, I've heard that one. Yeah, so. they encounter. Like, what, wait, what did you want me to do? That? Well, the so past life thing. Explain, you know, this whole theory about how one enters life and then leaves life and then chooses what to do next. Oh, yeah. Well, that could be a whole podcast, really. Uh, so the thought or the theory is that uh, we all chart out our own lives before we come here. You can call it up in heaven, wherever, you, you know, basically that other dimension where our souls go when we're not living here on Earth. Uh, we chart out where we want to go. We decide what we want to work on, you know, in this round, in this life, you know. It's almost like a, it's practice. You're supposed to be here on this earth to get better your soul is getting better as a soul as you can say as a person but you want to learn like life lessons and every time you quote unquote reincarnate you know you come back the idea is you learn something uh if you come back and uh you know like the other if you're talking about past lives is that where you're asking Yeah, yeah the past lives thing is interesting because uh i guess from what i understand is that we can carry over things from past lives so yeah like the little girl the the story you had about the girl from china mm. or something like that maybe one of her lives beforehand was really she was a little girl in china who died in the flood or whatever mm. um but the idea is yeah we, we all we don't have nine lives we have several lives and we don't have to keep reincarnating uh but the more you reincarnate you know the more enlightened you become the more advanced your spirit becomes mm. so to speak and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, it, it it also gives a lot of credence to the idea of when you meet someone and you're like, you know, oh, that person has a really old soul. Mm. That's kind of where that comes into play, you yeah. know. They've kind of been around the block more than once, right. so to speak. I always – what always bothered me about that theory, though, we'd always get in these arguments because I never got why, for example, people would choose to be, like, evil in a life or, like, how that happened. Because if- I think – think the idea is that you're think of all the other people are influencing them like you're influencing a lot of other souls when you're here so for instance you, you take the miscarriage right so your soul your mis your miscarriage you don't even come into this world or say you're born yeah. and you die right after what what good is that you know mm. what good well you know what you just taught the mother this other soul a valuable lesson about loss sure. probably like you still have that connection with whoever that other soul is mm. it's not like you were nothing you were still a very part big lesson in their life yeah so but what do you think about the impact of like like a mass murder or something a like? mass mur- well same thing because i was thinking like hitler like same thing well we talk about this too we quite i think the thing we question a lot is damn like if i'm here and it's because i'm you know my demise is gonna i'm gonna be my demise through a murder that really sucks why would i choose that yeah why would i choose to be like yeah like murdered in a in a in a concentration camp well i don't know it's the same thing it's like well why 
why was I reincarnated here to live in a house and be married and happy living in Salem, Massachusetts, when I could have been a starving child in Africa, you know, in poverty with no family? I mean, some the other I mean, to maybe kind of put all that into perspective is the fact that I've heard that when, you know, you see people who are disabled and the idea is those are really, really advanced spirits and souls. Because those people, they have a lot of struggles on this earth, but it's intentional. They chose to start the video game at, like, level 10. Yeah. You know they're what I on, mean? They're playing on all Madden. Right. And they're okay. very enlightened souls. So maybe, you know, maybe that's... Maybe, I don't want to say you chose to go through murder for that reason. But, sure. you know, like, it's... I don't know, it's, it's like your test, but it's... Yeah. But, but on the flip side... So, yeah, it could be that you're testing yourself and saying, like, I wonder if I can get through this life mm-hmm. with no legs or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, like, I wonder... On the flip side, does that mean that someone like a Hitler would be a unadvanced soul who's like, because like what purpose, why would you put yourself on the earth to kill millions of people? Well, so not everyone is good. There are some souls and spirits, you hear about it even on these TV shows all the time, spirits that operate on kind of like low frequencies, vibrational planes, and those are actually souls that are not advanced at all, uh, and have no interest in really advancing yeah so not trying to improve um, they're just not like, trying to improve almost trolling yeah, <laughs> you know some sort of like, uh, they're basically they're in the dark they're yeah. stuck in the dark when they're in the other dimension so in it's like anything it's like when you're a person here on earth unless you strive to be better you know unless you're in a good place and you're in a position to strive to be better you're probably not gonna be better right um, and- Aren't there supposed to be some sort of consequences for those type of lower spirits where, like, you've done yeah. something terrible? So I've heard, too, there are a couple of ways you can get thrown back into Earth. <laughs> uh, if you kill yourself, well, there's mental illness, which is a completely different thing. But if you off yourself, like Hitler, just because you're, like, a coward, try basically, to try to escape, yeah. you get sent right back through. It's called kind of like the left door. Uh, you're recycled back into planet Earth, and uh, you're giving it a go one more time. You cannot, if you did not finish learning your lesson that you tried it out for yourself, and you try to just get an out, you're going to come back in like but you get no three choice. seconds. No, okay. so you, can <laughs> you re- can't just yeah. Could be reborn as a slug or something. You think? <laughs> like- you, well, I have heard a strange story. I feel like I've heard strange stories of animal human incarnates, but I'm not sure. Like, because yeah. you were just talking about how. some babies would or some people would be like oh i was your baby yeah you know i've heard things where it's like oh i'm gonna come back as your pet cat right um i don't know if it's like your cat then turns into a human at some point again but i don't know really weird you do hear about that kind of thing where it's like this dog has a strong personality like i've heard weird stories like that yeah or like they'll have a dog and they'll be like they just get a new puppy and they're like, man, he acts like my grandpa who just passed away like three weeks ago. It's like weird. It's like weird to say that. But yeah, you it's, hear people who say like, I yeah. don't know what it is, but this dog reminds me of my dad or something. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, so. I don't know. It's just very, I always found that whole line of. So yeah, but you've always tradition. been very skeptical of this entire thing, right? I thought that I'm skeptical. I just get very inquisitive about that sort of thing. So like when you've laid out these rules, then I always want to know. It's, I'm just kind of that person who always asks, okay, if that happens, then what happens next? Right. If it's yeah. X, then Y is it Y? And so. I don't. It's not that I'm skeptical or that I think it's not real or anything like that. I'm just curious. You just keep asking. Questions, I always there's always another good. question asked. That's yeah. good. So, uh, but do know. you believe in what I just said, or was there some stuff there that you're just like, eh? No, no. I think <laughs> I think the what the thing you've described like like it makes sense. There's a certain logic to it. Um, it's kind of like the idea, as you said, of of everybody, regardless of who you are, everybody's got a soul that's either improving 
or mm-hmm. looking to improve or isn't interested in improvement but has no choice but to do you gotta keep go yeah. through the process <laughs> and it, you know even if that's not truly the case it's basically just a metaphor for life anyway um but it it provides a very interesting kind of like structure and order to everything that we do it is and a lot of it too of course the playing devil's advocate is just just comfort yeah it's a nice polite little story to give yourself if you're if you fear anything like death or you're sad about others passing away. Um, So I don't know. Take it with a grain of salt, I guess. Hi, this is Marianne van Driel, Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark correspondent, live from the Black Forest in Germany. Der Großmann is the German name for the tall man, or better known as the slender man. Are we walking uh, in the black forest? It's pitch black, and we only have two torches with us. And what we are about five minutes from our car, and already the surroundings are starting to get very creepy. Oh, oh, oh! Shh, 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 shh. be a banshee. What? Yeah? Holy shit, what the f*** is that? Come on, I thought that I heard something behind me. What the hell? The slender man is a creepy male being with extremely long slender arms and legs. He also appears to have four to eight long black tentacles that seem to be attached to his back. Once his arms are stretched out, his victims are put into something of that of a hypnotic state, where they are helpless to stop themselves from walking into them. Oh, look at those trees, man. What? Oh, what? Are they 50 meters high? Higher, 70. They are enormous and there are rocks all over the place that is, they are looking like, well, if you've ever been in Scotland, in the Highlands, as I have, you know what I mean. I definitely can understand why the Brothers Grimm wrote their stories as they wrote them. The Tall Man or Slender Man is commonly spotted hiding and lurking in foggy areas when stalking his victims. While the German version in this legend usually befriends his victims and is capable of luring them into the forest at night with psychokinetic powers. I think I'm going to walk in the middle of the road. Nothing can drag me into the bushes. Oh, that's a road. That's a path. Shall we walk it? From then on, his victims will walk mindless into his branchy arms as he grins at them, never to be seen or heard again. Oh, is that a rock? 
That's a rock. Whoa, 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 whoa. What the hell? Don't shine in my eyes. Oh! What are those eyes? Two little eyes. They blinked at us. What the hell is that? I thought that I heard something. But I can't see what it is. It's gone. However, according to the legend, those slender shadows you see moving in the dark of night, or that tall and misshaped tree in the distance, may very well be Der Grossmann, or the Slenderman. A strange and creepy being living in the Black Forest. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. Hi, this is Cheryl with Paranormal Underground Radio, and I'd like to tell you how you can find your own online counselor through BetterHelp.com. E-counseling is an effective, convenient, and affordable way to get help with issues like stress, anxiety, depression, relationships, career issues, self-esteem, addictions, and many other life changes. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals, and BetterHelp allows you to connect with them in a safe and private online or mobile environment. Anything you share is strictly confidential. Plus, it's affordable. Getting started is free, so you can feel confident that BetterHelp's service and the therapists they match you with are right for you. Then just pay a low flat fee for unlimited sessions with your counselor. It's convenient because you can do it on your own time and at your own pace. Communicate with your therapist as often as you want, whenever you want. BetterHelp is available at your time and your place. To start your free week-long subscription for as much contact as you need, just complete the questionnaire and enter your credit card details at betterhelp.com forward slash paranormal. It's safe and secure. And if you don't need help beyond the first week, just cancel your subscription with a click of a button. If you find value, do nothing and automatically extend your subscription. Pricing varies between $180 to $280 per month for unlimited access. That's about the cost of a single in-person session with a similarly qualified in-person therapist. Give it a try today at betterhelp.com forward slash paranormal. Close Encounters of the Christ Kind. Science fiction author Douglas Brody retells the life of Jesus according to ancient alien theory. As the Bible's angels are revealed to be extraterrestrials, beamed down to create a hybrid golden child who may just change the history of humankind for the better if another visitor from a far planet named Satan doesn't arrive first. The Planet Jesus Trilogy, Book 1, Flesh and Blood. For full background material and ordering information, visit planetjesustrilogy.com where the New Testament meets the Twilight Zone.